Today on Broadway for Friday, May 24th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanetti. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, this is obviously the last day before we head into a long holiday weekend. Um, we will have something in the feed on Monday. We don't know exactly what it'll be. It'll probably depend on if there's any big breaking news that happens later today on Friday. But we will have something. What it is, yet to be determined. Uh, however, on Saturday, we will have a new episode of Jan Simpson's Stagecraft. Um, so keep your ears out for that. And of course, on Sunday this week on Broadway. Um, but also, James, let's let's have a moment of silence for the permanent Twitter banning of Brian and Ed Krasenstein. Um, it's uh, a, a terrible shock to everybody that they will no longer be allowed on Twitter. So who now will be the first person to comment after every tweet that Donald Trump makes? I, it's, it's really a huge vacuum left in the Twitter sphere. <sighs> you know, I think that um, I think that we should cancel everything and just talk talk about that uh, because <laughs> Brian and Ed, who, what, where? They are the two <laughs> obnoxious <laughs> brothers that every single time you happen to accidentally look at a tweet from forty five, they are the first obnoxious people underneath to respond to it. And while I give them credit for being on the resistance side. Man, are they self-congratulatory and obnoxious. And basically, they got permanently banned from, from Twitter for violating the site's rules about operating fake accounts and purchasing fake interactions. So they were doing things to bump up their own street cred, uh, so to speak. But uh, not, a, not a huge loss. So, y- you know, if they looked at Donald Trump, would they say, I can't smile without you? Um. I'm assuming that is a transition into our first story that I am just far too young to get. Are they Fanalos? They Fan- very, they might be. They are probably going to go drink at the Copacabana tonight. All right. First up in the news, Barry Manilow is heading back to Broadway. Yes, James. In his column last night, Michael Riedel buried the lead more than potentially anybody ever has in the <laughs> history of the horribly journalistically unsound publication that is known as the New York Post, because after 15 paragraphs about Thursday's reading of the new Almost Famous musical, which I'm going to get to in a second, he just casually dropped the fact that Barry Manilow will be setting up shop at the Lunt Fontan Theater from July 26th through August 18th. Now, that's an extended run for an in-residence performer, but it is only three weeks. And James, I would imagine that this one will do very, very well as it should. Um, this is probably one that probably couldn't do Springsteen level, um, but uh, it probably could sustain itself for a few months at least. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm hoping that, you know, this July 26th to August 18th is some sort of uh, some sort of uh, public workshop of harmony. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, Tony Yazbek will be free. <laughs> Okay. Well, he was he was he was in the out of town tryouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Yazbek is just uh, he's all over the place. Yeah, he he. Are we not talking about? Do we have a Yazbek section today? Because he no. every day, you know, we 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 should be talking about him. No, he's great. A former Tell Me More guest, but I know nothing about what he's doing next. But uh, he is fantastic. Um, but all right, so James, let's um, unless you want to talk about Barry Manilow more. I always want to talk about Barry Manilow. <laughs> okay, always. well. 
Well, let's maybe that'll be what happens uh, in the feed on Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, okay. so on to this almost famous reading. Um, Riedel spies that the stage adaptation of the groundbreaking Cameron Crowe film of the same name got very positive responses. I've heard that it was good. Not great um, from my own personal spies, who I trust far more than Riedel's spies, because Riedel just seems to be pumping up the shows and people that he likes lately. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, he, uh, apparently, Cameron Crowe is very hands-on with the production. It is obviously his most famous property. He's also the book writer for the show. Um, but the original score, save for a few of the iconic songs from the film, is by Tom Kitt. And we might not have a Tony Yazbek section today. We are going to have a lot of Tom Kitt discussion in today's episode. Um, but apparently there are some good songs by Tom Kitt in the score. Rita reported that the two standouts in the reading were Anika Larson and Colin Donnell, who just recently left his TV show Chicago Med this week during the season finale. So I think there is definitely something to be said for the idea that Rita presupposes that they plan on bringing this baby to Broadway as early as this spring. Now, um, if you know anything about this film, it is about a young boy, which is a fictionalized version of Cameron Crowe himself, trying to break into covering uh, rock music in the 70s. So if Riedel is saying that Anika Larson and Colin Donnell are the two standouts, neither of them are going to be playing this 17, 18-year-old boy. Um, either his his sp- sources are incorrect or they need to find somebody who can – um, lead this uh, who's much younger because the the folks who the, the parts that are really going to sell this show are going to be the teenage parts. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Uh, this is having its out of town tryout uh, in La Jolla later this fall. So we will be seeing if it does well there. It very well could end up on the main stem come spring. So I'm thinking the Anika Larson was uh, which role? Uh, what's from the, girl? the fi- in the film? In the film, yeah, the girl. Uh... Oh no, Anika Anika Larson uh, played the main character's mother in the in the reading, I believe. Ah, uh, Colin Donald did he play the? Uh... He played the guitar player in the band uh, that the main character ends up covering. Oh yeah, all right. So yeah, I think that she, unless they've dramatically shifted the story. <laughs> no. They- there were people. I, I, my sources say that the uh, the young man who played the lead, who um, I don't think I know the name of off the top of my head, um, he was in uh, uh, Girl from the North Country, um, Colton Ryan, maybe or Colton. Hey, Colton Ryan might have been. I, I always get him confused. Colton Ryan might have been in Desperate Measures, but uh, anyway, he was he was good. Um, uh, Solea um, Pfeiffer. Um, was was in it as well. She was good. She might be playing the uh, Kirsten Dunst role. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah. Um, yeah. So so keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens when it goes out to California. But definitely another new-ish musical uh, aiming to come to Broadway this season. All right. Next up, Mary Louise Parker will return to Broadway this season. Yes, James. Amy Gardner herself <laughs> for you West Wing yeah. fans. Um, she'll be back on Broadway. She is a Tony, Emmy, and Golden Globe winner, by the way. Um, she'll be back on Broadway in the new play The Sound Inside by Adam Rapp, uh, directed by David Cromer. Parker plays Bella, and Will Hawkman will play Christopher. The pair starred in the show's world premiere at the Williamstown Theater Festival last summer. The play will take up residency at Studio 54 – Keep that in mind. Beginning on September 14th, 
ahead of an October 17th opening. But even though the show is at Studio 54, it is not a roundabout theater company production. Instead, it is a commercial rental of the venue uh, with producers Jeffrey Richards, Lincoln Center Theater, and Rebecca Gold. The show is described as, quote, a tenured professor, a talented student, a troubling favor. The riveting and enthralling new play, The Sound Inside, is a struggling, is a stunningly suspenseful piece of theater that proves everyone has a story. The question is how it ends. Jesse Green reviewed this play out of town last summer and made it a critic's pick, raving about Parker. James, I started to read that review yesterday after the announcement came out, and I had to stop myself because... It was very clear that this show has a lot of twists and turns, and there is a lot that you think you know going in that is not actually what's going on. So I had to stop myself so I didn't get spoiled. Uh, but it was very clear that this show is not what I expected it to be based off of that plot description. Um, and it's fascinating. So I am very excited about this one, James. But I am a little interested in what the machinations could be for a show that has one of three lead producers as LCT – ending up in a roundabout house, even though the Beaumont is going to be open, uh, at least as of now, during that period. Do you think that that indicates that Lincoln Center already has something lined up for the fall? Or do you think that maybe they just didn't think that the sound inside was appropriate for that specific space? Um, I can't I, I mean, obviously, we've we see like Jordan Roth taking stuff to non Jew Jamson houses fairly regularly. But when it comes to a not for profit, I can't think of that i mean i guess lincoln center was part of falsettos but that didn't go into another subscription house so i'm just thinking through this it just seems weird to me right i can see what you're saying but i mean the beaumont the beaumont is so large for beaumont. for uh, a play but i mean it's it's only 74 seats more than studio but 54 it, but, it, but the, it, the, the different right the configuration of configuration of it yeah yeah, you're so. F I, I always feel so far away from the, uh, the so stage. Far yeah. away. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, unless you're in that, or unless you're in the orchestra section where it juts out right to your seat. Yeah, and then it's like a weekend in New England. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, look at this. Uh, <laughs> next up, what, what, what do we have in showing casting news? Well, James, I am speechless. I am yeah. shocked and bum-fuzzled because Magic Mike the musical has canceled its Boston out-of-town tryout. Oh, really? Shocked. I can't believe uh, obviously, that. Obviously, I'm kidding. We knew that this was likely going to happen. Following the dismissal of the show's writing team of Tom Kitt, reference two of three today, uh, Brian Yorkie and Roberto Aguirre Sacasa earlier this month, while at the time the production insisted that they would still be having their out-of-town tryout at Boston's Emerson Colonial Theater this November, that is now no longer the case. Instead, the production issued a statement saying that they, quote, don't feel the musical is ready for production. Well, hmm. no kidding. You just fired your entire creative team six months before you were supposed to be on stage. Um, ticket, <laughs> ticket holders who bought... It's, it's, I mean, no, shocking. I just thought of something funny. So finish okay. this up. And, uh... All right. Well, you now you're setting me up and yeah. I'm a little worried. Anyway, uh, ticket holders who bought via official channels will automatically be refunded if they paid via credit card. If they paid with cash, they will need to visit the colonial box office. If you purchase tickets from a uh, third party service, good luck. Um, so, James, tell, tell me what your joke is. Come on. Well, no, I mean, uh, who are the producers on this? Uh, Universal. Universal. So uh, 
because I, I was wondering maybe Elon Musk is producing it because you know it's just like uh, you just say i'm going to produce 500,000 cars this year and damn the torpedoes and oh yeah we we made a major design change uh, a couple of weeks ago no we're still on track you know and yeah. uh, it's just it's crazy it's yeah. it's totally crazy for that to uh, and it just struck me really funny like like uh, it popped into my head i was like who you know who who's Who's the lead producer? I mean, Universal might be the money behind it. Who's the lead producer? Do you uh, know? I do not. I do not. And um, I, at this point, I think nobody because uh, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't think this, as I say, on a scale of one to Rebecca, how likely are you? Uh, how is it? Do you think that we're ever going to see a legit musical incarnation of Magic Mike on a Broadway theater? Like, I just, I, just, I, I mean, who knows what can happen? They've obviously invested a lot of time. I mean, four or five years on this thing. Um, and a lot of money into it. Do they want to try to get something out of their investment, or does Universal just say, "Eh, whatever, we'll go make another Transformers movie," and who cares? Yeah, um, that's a good I just, point. Uh, who knows? Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, okay, let's keep moving on here, James, because despite rumors that there might be a big name change at the top of the cast, yesterday it was announced that the upcoming Broadway premiere of the Alanis Morissette musical will star the principal cast from the American Repertory Theater that ran uh, the American Repertory Theater run from last summer. That group includes Elizabeth Stanley, Derek Klenna, Lauren Patton, Catherine Gallagher, and Sean Allen Krill. This Diane Paulus-directed show, which features a book by Oscar winner Diablo Cody, will begin performances at the Broadhurst Theater on November 3rd. Tom Kitt is the music director and arranger for this show, too, so he could be up against himself in a mm. category or two should Almost Famous make the move, and they are both nominated uh, at the Tonys next year. But uh, And finally, James, yesterday the New York Theater Workshop announced that they would be bringing Millie Thomas's acclaimed play Dust to New York following sold-out runs in London. The show, directed by Sarah Joyce, is set to run from August 29th through September 28th. The show is described as, quote, a woman, a suicide, a choice, a lie, a truth, an ending of sorts. Life, Alice thinks, isn't worth living, so she kills herself. But she's stuck, a fly on the wall, forced to watch the aftermath of her suicide and its ripple effect on her family and friends. Alice quickly learns that death changes people and discovers that death isn't the change she hoped for. Tickets for this NYTW Next Door run will go on sale in the coming weeks. James, based on the track record that New York Theater Workshops had recently, I would think this is probably a, a pretty it has a pretty good chance of being a quality night at the theater because uh, they have pretty much been knocking it out of the park in terms of their programming for the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, uh, New York theater workshop uh, has had quite a number of shows in a row that have been really very good, which almost makes me think it's time for something <laughs> not good, but well, I'm hoping that is... I hope, I hope that that doesn't happen, but, but well, we... and this is different than a full, this is one of their next door shows, which is a smaller, shorter run. It's not one of their full season productions. Yeah. So it's a little different. Uh, but this, uh, a woman of suicide, a choice, a lie, a truth, an ending of sorts, uh, forced to watch the aftermath of her suicide and the ripple effects of her family and friends. I was thinking Billy Bigelow as a woman, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, not a suicide, but... Uh, well, the, well, the Billy Bigelow kills himself. You know, and that, that's a big discussion in... Yeah, in carousel, yeah, yeah. whether he killed himself or what, because if he kills himself, can he really go to heaven and things like that? But uh, and yeah, so uh, but uh, interesting, interesting, yeah, definitely, 
Definitely. But anyway, so uh, if you want information on this or any of the other stories in today's show, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up your week with us. And as Matt told you, on Saturday, we have Jen Simpson uh, doing her stagecraft thing. And then, Matt doesn't know this, but a double dose of Jan Simpson on Sunday on This Week on Broadway. Uh, She will be joining uh, uh, me and Peter Felicia uh, on This Week on Broadway. And then on Monday, something's going to happen. And then Tuesday, Matt and I will be back in your ears and we'll talk to you then. 